the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We welcome you in to a December 12th edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. We are obviously getting closer every day, every hour to Christmas, which means we're engaging in things that people do in advance of Christmas. We're going to Christmas parties, we're buying Christmas gifts, and we're watching Christmas movies. And uh, one of the most beloved Christmas movies out there is a very old movie starring the legendary actor Jimmy Stewart called It's a Wonderful Life. And if you've never seen it, uh, it is the story of a regular guy, hardworking guy, who gets a glimpse at what life would have been like if he didn't live the life he's lived, if he had died as a very young man. And, of course, the um, upshot of the movie is that the world is decidedly better for having had him and his influence and his impact in it. Uh, It's a movie I didn't watch as a kid and came to very late in my life, but uh, I really like it. My wife doesn't like it that much. She finds it it a little bit depressing. Um, I guess the preamble to the really good part takes too long to justify her investment of time in it. But I was thinking about that movie today, It's a Wonderful Life, After I happened upon a social media post that was one of the more thought-provoking posts I've seen in a long, long time. I don't really know the person who tweeted it. He has a blue check mark on Twitter. His name is Robbie Starbuck. Um, And here's his question. Pretty simple. Who do you see as the three people most responsible for America losing its values? Who do you see as the three people most responsible for America losing its values? Uh, I'd like to discuss that today. You're free to weigh in. Uh, 614, no, it's not 614. I'm sorry, it's 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. We're obviously in a period of time where, um, and we're always hyper-focused on the moment, so I don't want to make any grand projections that this is the most fill-in-the-blank time in American history or that this is the most consequential time in American history. And if we don't decide something this way or that way, it'll be the end of life as we know it. That said, it does feel that way. (laughs) It really does feel that way. And I don't know if that's because we're more evenly divided than we've ever been before. I mean, the outcome of an election now tips on one very defined block of voters. What are single women going to do? What are Hispanics going to do? What are blacks going to do? What are evangelical Christians going to do? Getting any one tiny fraction of a voting block to align with you can decide the entire outcome of an election. So that shows that the margins are not very thick. They're very thin. 
I don't, though, remember a time in American history where we were debating the value of something that, to me, has been as essential in America as free speech, equal treatment under the law. That, to me, is what we are talking about on a whole host of fronts right now. That's kind of the issue when we talk about Elon Musk and Twitter and the Twitter files and the disclosure of what went on at Twitter to silence conservative speech, deplatform Donald Trump, keep the Hunter Biden laptop story out of the news, thereby impacting a presidential election. I mean, presidential election is pretty important in this country. We only do it every four years. Having the office is a huge advantage to keeping the office. So when you talk about a story like the Hunter Biden laptop story being silenced on social media, first and foremost by the people at Twitter, because Twitter is a site that reacts immediately in the moment, that's a huge deal. That's a history-making event when someone intercedes and exerts influence over who winds up winning an American presidential election. Just look at all the policies that the Biden administration has undertaken. Leave aside for the moment the value of them or the, you know, lack of value in them. Just for the moment, like, do you think our policies would be different on the border if Donald Trump were president? Do you think our policies in international politics would be different, how we relate to other countries? Do you think we'd be sending the same exact amount of money to Ukraine that we have been sending if Trump was president and Biden wasn't? You think our American energy policy would be any different if Trump was president and Biden wasn't? So the decision by Twitter to de-emphasize the Hunter Biden laptop story certainly played into who the president is. And depending on who the president is, our policies on virtually everything are 180 degrees different. That's a huge thing Twitter did. Now Twitter's owned by a different person, and I don't think Twitter would have done what it did if Elon Musk owned Twitter at the time. And a lot of us over on the right side of the aisle are cheering what Elon Musk is doing. But just as ardently, there are people on the left who are determined to fight with everything they have against this disclosure of the inside inner workings of Twitter because they believe it's as dangerous to the country as we believe it is necessary to preserve everything that differentiates our country from other countries. But the question that Robbie Starbuck asked on Twitter, who do you see as the three people most responsible for America losing its values, calls to mind that kind of it's a wonderful life scenario where you're thinking, well, if this person never lived, would we have this particular problem that we have right now? And as I tried to answer that question, the three people most responsible for America losing its values, I had to start by looking at What are the things that America is not now that it used to be that I think were better in the old days than in modern times? And one of the things that I think is at issue that has impacted many, many things in our culture is the loss of our collective morality. And more precisely, the striving to achieve certain standards of, number one, morality, number two, faith. And you might say those two things are related, and they certainly are. 
but they can also be separated. And number three would be the belief by everybody in America, even though we might disagree politically in certain policies, the belief that America is an exceptional place with a unique founding and that elements of that founding are, regardless of where you stand on tax policy or job policy or energy policy, that the values that differentiate America from other countries are values that, even if we disagree on policy, we have to agree on those values. We have to have shared values. What are the values I think we need to share? We need to share the value that freedom of speech is unimpeachable, untouchable, not to be restricted. And that will inevitably bring about some speech you don't like. This is why we have this raging debate about was Twitter better before Elon Musk owned it or is Twitter better now? And is freedom of speech, that's kind of what we're having, it's a freedom of speech argument. Is freedom of speech essential to the survival of America as we have known it? As we have known it, I would say before 2015. America before 2015, I don't think there was a great deal of expressed danger toward the existence of freedom of speech. I remember when I first started to hear about, you know, in the universities, you're not allowed to say this anymore. You say this, you're going to get canceled. You're not allowed to say that. And I thought, in this country? Like, come on, man. Like, that's why we are who we are, is that we can say anything and then we can debate the merits of what has been said and whether or not it wins or loses in the marketplace of ideas i think that's something we have to have going forward because if we don't have that going forward i can think of a lot of places that will become will become soviet russia will become china will become a place where the only time you can say what's really on your mind is if you happen to have on your mind the exact same things that the people in power approve of And I don't want to live in that country. I would hope that all Americans would not want to live in that country. But an increasing number of them, a dangerously increasing number of them, think that, no, no, it'd be way better if we could just stop you from saying that because what you said I find offensive. And I don't mean to say that I don't care that you find it offensive. But what I would prefer, rather than you saying, I find it offensive so you can't say it, is something along the lines of, I find that offensive. Let's debate it. You try to convince me why you think that way. I'll try to convince you why I think this way. And at the end of our conversation, maybe we'll reach an accord. And if not, we'll do something that we used to do, we used to think was a good thing, but now... We don't do any more at all. And that is agree to disagree. Whatever happened to agree to disagree? So who would be on my list of people who, if they had not lived, if they had been like George Bailey in A Wonderful Life, if they had not lived, it would have been a more wonderful life. Uh, George Bailey found out in It's a Wonderful Life that the world would not have been a better place without him. 
he thought so when Mr. Potter uh, took the building and loan money and everybody was faced with financial ruin because of a mistake that George Bailey slash Jimmy Stewart made. Uh, but that was not the case. And the people came to his aid because they loved him and he had made a big impact on their life. It's Christmas movie time. What's the opposite of that? Would the world be better without certain people? Sure, the world would be better without Adolf Hitler, no doubt. But would that change the trajectory of where we are right now? I mean, if we're going to confine it, not just necessarily to worldwide events, because that's like too big of a prism for me to narrow it down. For us not to be as argumentative as we are today over things that have always been foundationally American, equal treatment under the law, free speech, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. What would make it a more wonderful life now if who would have had to not have the influence? Let's not say that we don't want them to live. Let's just say they wouldn't have had the influence and the impact that they had. Well, I think the end of morality and aspiring to a certain standard of morality in our country and the general agreement that a certain standard of morality is good and going past that standard or violating that standard is bad has not been good for our country. What has that led to? Well, it's led to the destruction of the family. I mean, is it good for us? Look at crime in the inner city. Would crime in the inner city, would crime in every crime everywhere? Would crime be reduced everywhere if the family in America, mother, father, I'm not talking about, you know, phony, sanctified by turncoat Republicans and Democrats in Congress, same-sex marriage. I'm talking about what God says and what God created a marriage to be, man, woman, to recreate life and populate the earth. If the family flourished today, the way the family flourished in America around the Great Depression and up until about the 1950s or mid-50s, would America be better off today? Yes, absolutely. In my opinion, it would be. You're welcome to offer your opinion, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. So who's been one of the biggest destroyers of the family? Well, I think Margaret Sanger would be on that list. I think Lyndon Baines Johnson would be on that list. The guy who came up with the Great Society or who was president at the time and who signed on to it. I think those two people would be on the list. There are way too many heretical, unfortunately, way too many heretical pastors out there for me to come up with one. But at whatever point in time, we can go back to like Washington Gladden. We've got a park named after him here in Columbus. The social justice in the church movement, those kinds of pastors, those have inauthenticated the gospel of Christ. We see it now here locally with pastors like Tim Aarons, nationally with pastors, I have to scoff when I say Raphael Warnock is a pastor. Raphael Warnock is a politician who used the pulpit to expose his uh, personal desire for power and bends scripture to say what he thinks he has to say to get elected. And I and I submit as Exhibit A of my evidence his statement that if Jesus were alive today, 
he would be pro-choice, that Jesus would approve of abortion. Yes, Raphael Warnock said that. Boy, I would hope Raphael Warnock would see the error of that someday because he has no idea, no idea, what blasphemy like that will get him. So I think our destruction of aspiring to a standard of authentic faith, our destruction of the family, and I I will acknowledge right away, if we had the faith part squared away, we'd have everything squared away, (laughs) okay? So it's a little bit disingenuous for me to include faith and add any, you know, a two and a three, because there is no two and a three if we had the first one straightened out. But just as I look at America today, we have to do something to regain our shared values around things that have been pillars to create the country we have. Equal protection under the law, freedom of speech, those two things I think are right now more in the crosshairs by our elites than I ever recall them being before. I mean, we actually have a raging debate in our country going on right now about whether or not it's okay for somebody to sit in judgment of ideas being expressed because, well, we can't even afford, we can't even allow that idea to be expressed because if we even allow that idea to be expressed, it's too dangerous. Like, think of how condescending that is. Like, no, you guys can't, no, no, you can't, no, we can't have the Hunter Biden laptop story out there, and you can't evaluate that to make up your mind in a 2020 presidential election. There's just some information that's too complex, too dangerous for you to know. So we're going to, for the good of humanity, we're going to keep it out of circulation. Man, that's dystopian stuff. And that's... What happened? And they want to get to the bottom of that in Congress, and there are people fighting tooth and nail against that. I lived through, I wasn't very old, but I lived through Watergate. I don't remember a bunch of Republicans howling during Watergate, we, yo, you are wrong to want to bring Haldeman and Ehrlichman and Liddy and those Don Dean before Congress. No, they shouldn't have to answer questions. Way too dangerous. I know Nixon might have, but okay. Now, that didn't happen. And I don't mean to make it a Republican and Democrat thing, but it's a Democrat and Republican thing. At least in this era, it is. Back then, in the greatest political scandal in the history of our country, we at least had, what, shared values, that there's equal protection under the law, and that some things are not allowed even for a United States president. Now it's like, oh, president can do it, okay, whatever. Can this billionaire do it? Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Can this social media site do it? Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, we can't have that if we're going to have the country that I think, I think we want to deliver that country to our kids. Maybe not. I think that's where we part company is what kind of vision we all have for the future. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.